0: Welcome to the DevRelx podcast, the podcast brought to you from the DevRelx community and slash data. This podcast is devoted to developer marketing relations and advocacy. I'm Stathis Yorgakopoulos and I'm your host. In each episode, we welcome a guest from the developer marketing world to talk about best practices, lessons learned, how-tos, data, and share insights and experiences to help you boost your DevRel game and win developers' hearts. You can find more people like you and resources, developer ecosystem data, news, jobs, and a bi-weekly digest at devrelx.com. Hello and welcome to the DevRelX Podcasts. Today, we have another special episode for you, part of our Master Tip series. In our Master Tip series, you listen to tips and best practices from the panel discussions we put together for the DevRelX Summit, which took place on October 12th and 13th. Developer journey, key metrics and initiatives to drive success, This is the theme of today's episode and panel discussion with Jennifer Saber-Lopez, Head of Developer Relations at Contentful, Chris Bledsoe, Head of Developer Relations at Workday, Jeff Bull, Senior Manager of Developer Advocacy at Cisco DevRel, and hosted by Vera Thiago, Manager of Developer Advocacy at OutSystems. Before I leave you to enjoy the discussion, I want to tell you that the State of the Developer Nation report is now available for you to download for free. In this latest edition, we look at the latest trends in software development by analyzing the responses of more than 20,000 developers. You can download the report at the link in the description or at lastdata.co.
1: Next up on the stage is a panel on developer journey, key metrics and initiatives to drive success. Hosted by uh, Vera Tiago, Manager of Developer Advocacy at OutSystems. Vera, over to you and our panelists,
2: Jennifer, Chris, and Jeff. Thank you. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. Hi, everyone. Welcome to DevRelX. I'm super excited to be here today with Jan, Jeff, and Chris. We are going to discuss a very important topic, which is metrics and initiatives to drive impact in the developer journey. And why is this so important? Because there's no magic formula to identify what should be the top metrics for your DevRel strategy, because that depends on how young your product is, how big your community is, where does your team sits in the company. So many, many external factors that you should consider while picking your metrics and and your priorities. So, (laughs) Jen, you look great. Jeff increasing you too, but Jen, you got my attention. (laughs) Um, uh, so before we deep dive into this topic, I would like to go with a round of quick introductions. Just, you know, share a little bit about ourselves. If you don't mind, Jen, I would like to start with you. So tell us about your journey from a webmaster to head of developer relations today
3: <laughs> at Contentful. Oh my gosh, webmaster. I, I found this out recently that some people don't know what a webmaster is you know who you are. Anyway, hi, I'm Jen Likas. If you're wondering about the crown, I realized that, you know, other folks had this great bling and I needed to add a little something. So that's where the crown came in. <laughs> Jeff, your bling is like your whole background and I'm super jealous of the jacket. So anyway, this is what I got. You look so, awesome. Uh, <laughs> so currently, I run the developer relations team at Contentful, which is a content platform with an API-first approach. And but yes, I have a background where I, many years ago, was a web developer myself. I used to develop in ColdFusion, if anyone, you know, that dates me right there. And I made this very weird transition from developer to technical SEO, to reading communities. And for me, developer relations and leading developer communities is like this awesome combination of all the things all into one. And I've been doing this now for, so running communities for 13 plus years and specifically in developer relations for six or seven. So yeah, that's a bit about
2: me. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Jen. You forgot to mention that you are a community guru. So huge community guru. Go check Jen's Twitter profile and she has tons of followers. So
3: (laughs) No, my Twitter is all about my love for like TV shows and movies and stuff. So you can follow me on Twitter. (laughs) There's not going to be much community stuff there.
2: (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much, Jen. Next, maybe Chris.
3: Yeah,
4: absolutely. So um, first, I got to do a call out. As you noticed the jacket, when I saw Chris Riley earlier this morning, I was blown away. Smoking orange jacket. not everyone can carry orange well. But then uh, you said you had a black jacket with purple sequin. I'm like, I'm perfectly set up for this. So maybe it's a Chris thing. I don't know. But uh, as I was saying, my name's Chris Letzow. I head up developer relations at Workday. I basically cut my chops in developer relations when I was at Apple. So when Apple, I had to very fortunate to be at Apple when they launched the App Store and the iPhone. So I had a chance to be there work with a number of developers that were building on apps that were posted up there. And that's where I kind of learned it. And then through a series of uh, unfortunate circumstances, I don't know how that works, but I ended up at Workday where they wanted to start their very own developer program and they never had one. So it was a truly unique opportunity here as well, because uh, unlike a lot of other developer programs, we have a what I call a private, meaning we only have people that buy the product and actually get into the developer program. So we have a slightly different use case than probably your publicly facing developer programs that a lot of people work and operate in today. But also, I'd be happy to share some of those insights. And I think it's going to be a great panel. So call out to for Jen, yourself, Janet, and, and Jeff. This is going to be fun.
2: <laughs> I agree. I agree. Thank you so much, Chris. Jeff, do you want to go next?
5: Sure. Yeah. So my name is Jeff Bull. I'm one of the managers, the two managers of developer advocacy at Cisco Developer Relations. I, it's interesting. I've been in developer relations now for two years. Actually, as of like a couple of weeks ago, it's been two years, which is wild because my entire career was as a network, like a network engineer, network architect, starting at Harley Davidson in 2003 for seven or eight years and then moving all through. So kind of coming to this from a very different perspective, but when I learned about these things when I came to Cisco seven years ago, that we were even doing something like this. I'm like, okay, that's really cool. And this whole idea of uh, the art of the possible, as somebody used to say at Cisco all the time, got me really excited. So yeah, I've, I've been, I have been—I love getting here. I've network engineering, the background, people leadership, doing DevRel, specifically working with the developer advocates is fun. I love community things and I love talking. So that kind of works really well. You probably see that a lot here. Everybody knows me, knows I love talking. So it's kind of why I have this shed in my backyard that looks the way that it does so that I can do a lot of those sorts of things. But yeah, it's going to be great to be here. I'm super excited.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. Okay, let's start our conversation and deep dive into the topic for today. Before I ask my first question, everyone, please drop your questions on Slido. We will be more than happy to to, to answer those. So. Developer journey. So, developer journey is about, you know, every step a developer takes from getting to know about your product until they become an advocate, right? So, they get to know your product, then they give you their email, then they do the first hello world, then they start learning and, you know, playing with it and then they become huge fans, and advocate for it, right? And depending on the stage that you are focused, you you have different initiatives and different metrics that you are tracking. So my first question, and actually, actually, I would like to ask this question to all the folks so that we can compare, you know, the different scenarios here. But my first question is for you, Chris, because Workday is a product that which the end user is not a developer. So I'm super curious to understand what is the developer role for Workday and what is the priority, you know, on your strategy. So let, let's, you know, consider three pillars, which is content, community, and product. For you, what are your top priorities? And, you know, what what is the role of the developer for you?
4: Absolutely. So as I was mentioning earlier, since we're not, In a typical developer program, you have this freemium model. Ours is like reversed, effectively. So when people come to my developer program, they're already motivated to become a developer. And so because of that, I'm very heavily focused from a content perspective and making sure it's easy for a developer to come in and learn how to build right away because a lot of these companies they've already got a use case in mind of what they want to build out or extending the capabilities of workday for the business. Okay. And so they so we get a lot of the question surprisingly is stuff like, well, what are some other use cases? Cuz uh, and it's true for a lot of developers that first app is the hardest to build and takes the most effort and energy, right? After you get past the learning curve of the hello world but it's really the second and third and the fourth app that we're really focused on trying to enable our developer community to accomplish, right? So they already have an idea for the first one, but now that they've made yeah. us an investment to be a part of it, how do they do the next one? And that's one of our key metrics. When we look at our customer, we guess, well, how many apps have they deployed into a production environment? Because that really helps drive the value for the business. From the developer perspective, it's like how long does it take a developer to build and deploy an app on our platform? Because once you get into the enterprise world, especially enterprise application development, it can take some months to build. And so that's another one of our key metrics we like to track. It's like, okay, what is it that enabled that developer to build the first app and then how long to build the second and the third and the fourth? So there's some of the key metrics. And then I'd say the other one that's more at a high level, we do a quarterly UPS. So we like to know for those of you who may not be familiar with Net Promoter Score. It's a real simple model. Basically, you give a rating from 0 to 10. If you're a 9 or a 10, you're called a promoter. If you're a 7 or 8, you're considered neutral. And if you're 0 to 6, you're considered a detractor. So it's a percentage difference between your promoters and your detractors. And generally, you want something in the 20, 30, 40s or higher. And that's usually where we let out, around that range. So that's another way that we try to measure developer sentiment and whether or not they're getting what they're looking for and if we're able to make adaptions and changes to accomplish that. So those are some key we look for. So it's a combination of content and how much they're actually delivering their applications and putting them out.
2: No, super interesting. And it's, it's, you know, it's curious to understand that you have two metrics, which I, I truly believe that we should combine metrics, right? So you, yeah. you have what we call it out systems like the lead time to first value, which is how long does it take a new customer to get their first app in production? But you are also measuring how happy people are, you know, on that, right? So it's, it's a combination of two. So great, great insights in there. So. Thank you, thank you so much, Chris. So next, I would like to call Jeff. Jeff, isn't Cisco all about plumbing? <laughs> what I, is I, your I, priority I, I, these what, days?
5: What? <laughs> what? does Cisco do? I know this is something we talked about, like in some of our prep, and I, I jokingly said that oftentimes people or community members tend to to look at Cisco as the plumbing company, and that you know. It's, Historically, that's been fine. Like most of the internet physically runs on Cisco gear someplace. And that's fantastic. But not a lot of people think about how we allow for integration and innovation on top of the platforms we have. And so this year, specifically, we are heavily focused as, as a developer relations organization. And I'll also kind of tangent that into developer advocacy, too, is the easiest way I can sum it up would be quality awareness and adoption. We obviously, like a lot of companies we work with, they, uh, in our DevRel, we work on OKRs. And our objectives, we have four of them this year, are centered around those three things. Um, and the whole, intent, the whole intent there is to focus a lot more intentionally on our external communities, talking with them and understanding what they need, how they can be successful. We're actively driving internally an API quality program, which I'm sure we'll get into discussions later on about, but how to help improve our existing APIs, as well as the developer's experience with our products. because Not everything that we make has an API. A lot of them do. Actually, the vast majority of the things Cisco puts out, product and platform-wise, have some sort of API or SDK that you can actively work off of. Right now, we have lots of solutions that exist. That said, a lot of them don't. They're more classic technologies on the network side that don't necessarily work the same way. So a lot of this is about awareness for us and getting the word out through our communities. And then for the developer advocates specifically, we've mapped our four pillars of strategy to our company objectives around cultivating the community, building community-inspired content,
0: because
5: I think that's the most important thing we really can do is understand what our community members need and building things to solve those things for them taking that back into our BU relationships to help evolve and influence what the business units are working on. And all of that ends up in this virtuous cycle of kind of sort of concluding with the developer's experience, which can carries right back into the community again. So it's a big focus for us to create more awareness, make sure we're improving the quality that we want and really engaging the external community much more intentionally than we have in the past to bring those insights in and how that continuously improve what we're doing.
2: Great, great stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Jen, last but not least. I, I, I'm keeping it to the end because one reason. So um, I would like to you know, learn what you are doing at Contentful, what are your priorities and how that does compare with the work that you are doing at OutSystems for everyone that doesn't know jen used to be my boss and then she gave up on me and decided to leave so i'm very interested in knowing more about your priorities how is it different right i assume contentful is not about making developers happy right i know it's about it's a cms cms
3: but yeah tell tell us everything (laughs) also first of all ouch i I would Never give up on you or leave you better. Oh, yeah. So, so, so at Contentful, so somewhat similar to to what has been discussed. You know, we're really focused on there. There's a whole awareness side. There's a there's a that's a big play for us. A really, you know, b- we want developers to know we exist and what we are, and you know, when they would need us and and all of that. I mean, essentially everything that. We do have some sort of content right whether it's mob- whether you're building mobile apps or websites or paid ads or whatever the thing is it's all content and so th- there's a lot on the awareness side and in the past that really has been what the DevRel team was really focused on was building content videos guides all of these things really on the awareness side and attraction and and bringing people in and the area that and we want to keep doing that because that's important. But an area that we really need to focus on and where we're starting to really put some some of our you know heads down and building out the strategy for is... So once they're in, right, it's really important. You want to help them to keep building. You want them to be able to get their questions answered quickly. You want them to find lots of other ways that they can actually use the product and the platform, right? So there's there's this whole adoption engagement side of things. And that's where, uh, for me, that's where community comes in, right? Really building out a robust community. So that has been, again, not giving up on attraction because that still needs to happen, but really growing our muscle on the community side and advocacy side. You know, next on our list is building out like an, an MVP super user type program, Um and that, that sort of thing. So that's really where our priorities lie are obviously attraction, engagement, and adoption, and then advocacy. And how differ. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. One of the things, so at OutSystems, there's, there was already a robust MVP program, right? And we had also kicked off a champions program. And so there are, in some ways, there are things that when I was at uh, OutSystems, the priorities were different because those things already existed, right? And so there was a heavy focus for a long time on talent at OutSystems, which was, you know, we needed to make sure that there's some partners that there were enough developers out there. Who knew how to build without systems? To you know, whether to get jobs or help train their teams faster and all of that, and and helping to connect customers with developers and getting them educated. Right. So that that was a big priority and focus. Not totally sure if that is today. You can speak to that. But so th- so that was a bit of a you know one difference. There still was all obviously attraction, engagement, and building, and you wanted all of these things to happen. But the the focus at the time was slightly different.
2: Yeah, no, no, great insights. Yeah. So I would say, you know, active developers is one of the top metrics that almost every company has, right? The other one is consumption, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So your product being consumed, right? And like you said, so... In order to, for us to have talent or active developers, we need to bring more developers. We need to make sure that developers stick with us, and then they you know gain expertise with with your product. So yeah, this totally makes sense. So I have one question on Slido. I have two for Chris. Chris, you're very popular. So <laughs> someone asked you, "It's the jacket." Also, uh, yeah, they it don't is the jacket. Remember
4: my name, but they'll remember a jacket. Right.
2: Okay, so also having private customer partner-only APIs and SDKs, how do you attract new customer partner developers and convert them to build by?
4: Yeah, that's a great question. So I have my own developer community, but the way Workday is structured, since we're a SaaS-based company, we have our own Workday community. And that has access to all of our administrators. And so we have some content up there to kind of talk a little bit about what's available with what purchasing workday extend and how you would leverage that. We have videos and content up there. So that's one way. But the second way, which I think is more powerful, we put on our own developer conference. And so we literally just had one this last mm-hmm. summer. And what's unique about our developer conference compared to the other enterprise focused, com- we have a rising is our like our big customer that you know, where you have like, you know, 10,000 plus people attend. Is that we're able to show you technology and talk about roadmaps, but then you can get your hands on it, which for developers, that's key. They've got to be able to play and touch the technology. So that's another way that we uh, reach out to these customers. Not only are we showing the new technology, we say, hey, but if you join our developer, our DevCon conference, you can not only learn about it, but we give you pre-access to it. And so and we also have hackathons. That's the other big way for people to try it out is that if they haven't touched it yet, but they can at least look at it, see how people build applications, see how they create the value proposition and stuff like that. So those those are the, the top ways that we are able to get people. And then we have an amazing sales team. I, it still blows my mind That I have a sales team that can sell a project, a product that's not cheap, and convince them based upon their need that they need to just buy it without ever really playing with the technology first. So, like I said, but but they trust us, right? And that's part of the thing. And 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 I know that developers sales just like does that even mix it? Well, yeah, developers influence they're they're the biggest influencers, and I think that's something that we've learned at Workday is that. You want to influence the people that are building because then you get that nice bottom up engagement. And that's what, you know, the, the basis of pretty much any developer program you've got out there.
2: No, no, great, great. And you spoke about developer conference. So I assume that developer conference at work day is an attraction event. Yeah, absolutely. Bringing, okay. Because at our systems, we have a developer conference, but it's more like a community event. So it's more on the education. Step, then the awareness attraction step. Jeff, Jen, do, does your company host developer conference?
5: Yeah, we do. We used to run a series we named DevNet Create, which was designed specifically to be in part educational, but in large part was to shine a spotlight on community members. Primarily, the presenters at the event. It was usually a two-day event in person. You know, in the before time, in Mountain View, in the in the South Bay of the, the Bay Area of California. Actually, I should say at the Computer History Museum, that was just super fun. But it was, right? It was all focused on, I should say, there was very few Cisco employees that were presenters. Primarily, the people that were there presenting were people either in the community, working for third-party companies, strategic partners like ecosystem partners, like Hashi, HashiCorp or Ansible or other places like that that would come in and say, these are things that we have done that are not specific to Cisco. They're just things that we have done that happen to also apply to things that you might use with Cisco technologies. And the idea was to bring in people who are familiar with our, our technology and also see other ways that you could do this stuff that didn't have to be with just us. It just, here's how you do it. We are running a new event. Actually, it happens, I think, next month or next week called Develop which is all centered on getting the word out about to enterprise software developers that we're really trying to work with and kind of talk more to and build more awareness with. Because Cisco as a company is realizing that we need to have more relevancy for the software developer, not just hardware-centric folks. That's a future that Cisco needs to be a part of if we're going to be successful. And so we have our develop event next week, and then we have a new event, sort of a rebranding of a previous one, but a new event that will be in March of next year. That is all. very similar to the DevNet Create event, but we'll have a different spin on it too. So yes, we actively do run those sorts of public events.
3: Okay, great. Yeah, so last year, we did have a, a developer event. This year, we, as a part of our sort of customer event called Fast Forward, and this year, we decided to take a slightly different approach. We're still having Fast Forward, but what we're doing is sort of during the pandemic, we had stopped doing meetups and user groups and that sort of thing. And we're taking advantage of the time right now to start ramping those back up. So we just had a developer meetup in the Netherlands last week. And so on the day that we're having the big fast forward event, we'll be having a an in-person meetup in London and having a watch party as a part of that. And so we're starting to ramp up our our the The smaller local communities again. Also online, we'll do online yeah. as well because I think it's a lot more inclusive to be able to do that. But that, that has been our approach this year. Uh, also because like everybody has a conference. And so we decided like, let's go to all of those. <laughs> We're sponsoring at a lot more events. We're attending, speaking. We're literally like every week doing something at a different event. And then really ramping up our own like smaller meetups and such. So that's been our approach for this year.
2: Yeah, great. Thank you, Jan. Speaking about going to developer events, like external developer events, that usually is a tactic for awareness, right? And attraction. Come back home, how do we report the success of that activity? Because, you know, to me and to other many devrels, we care about having meaningful, meaningful conversations with people attending the conference. But probably for the management, it's more important, oh, we had how many clicks in our developer hub or, you know, how many signups or how many emails did we got? How many badges we scan, right? How do you handle, you know, with reporting and showing the ROI of going to these events? Because they are
3: very expensive, so. I'll jump in real quick, partially because I just had this conversation with my boss. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Like. Like, yeah, just had this conversation because we're going to all of these events and it's a lot of third-party external events and trying to figure out exactly, you know, what that means. We're definitely really focused on trying to get people into the community tier of just trying Contentful out, right? Just seeing like like what it's about. But the other thing is, so we have something called the Developer Showcase where we get developers to to promote essentially what they've done And that is, that is another big focus area for us because a lot of times we, we, we go to conferences and we talk to developers who are already using and or developing with Contentful. And a lot of it is, so we want to get them, we want to get more people promoting their stuff because we know that when we promote the individual developers and the work that they've done, like. Just an example, if we promote on social, a person and the app that they've built, those are almost always like our highest engaged social posts, right? People like to hear about what other people are doing and like to see that promotion. So that's another thing that is outside of just product signups that we've been really focused on is, and and something that we'll continue to, to, to really push on is getting people to, you know, promote their stuff in the showcase.
2: Oh, great, great. Jeff, go ahead. Yeah, I I say, to add?
4: yeah I, absolutely. So when we did our DevCon, we the way we structure the event is we have two days of presentations and we follow a big scene model that Jeff does, right? You, our goal is not to have a bunch of people from Workday talk. I want customers to talk. I want partners to talk. I want third-party people that are not us because, first of all, they're going to be more authentic. That This is their bread and butter, this is how they live. So that's really important. If you ever do these types of events, I think that's what's great about what Jen's saying is that, you know, you want to go to other people's events because you want them to come to York, right? And also speak and represent your content. The the number one thing that we do, we have the two days of presentations and then we do a a one-day hackathon. And what we do is because we're introducing new technologies, right? And that's always a big thing. It's one of those third points that Jeff had made about, you know, quality, awareness and adoption. Adoption's key, especially because everyone's always releasing new capabilities and functionality. And You want your developers to leverage that. So we really track it. So we're very fortunate in our system. We can actually run reports to show well which APIs are being hit, how much activity is occurring in our back-end infrastructure. And we can literally watch it. We literally have a a live dashboard so we can see it during the hackathon as you're building out these projects and stuff. Well, how many many apps did they build? How many projects? How many hits and stuff like that? So that's one thing because then we should know that, okay, they're actually using the technology and the stuff that we've been talking about. And then the second thing for us especially is how many customers are more interested in the product, right? Because like I said, since DevCon is leveraged as a somewhat of a tool to entice people to buy our product, we also track that as well. So we're very closely involved with our sales team. And actually I think I saw a question. One of the things we've learned because about how do you how do you pitch a platform through a sales organization? Well we have pre sales engineers, that they build their apps. And that's really cool. Like to be able to show how you can build an app and then demo that to customers. Because that's what a customer always wants to do. They're going to go, well, how can I use this platform? How can I use this technology to be either, usually one of two ways, either helps to the top line, so I can sell more as a customer or whatever that, or bottom line, how does it reduce costs or improve um, my user's experience, right? Because we're in human resource management, so it's, it's, it's in the, the DNA of our company. It's like, what is the employee experience? Is it great? Are you enjoying it? Do you like what you do? Do you have the system you need to be successful? So those are, those are the top two things that we look at when we do these kind of events.
5: I don't
2: know. Great, great. I don't know if Jeff, you, do you want to add something?
5: I just wanted to add just, just one kind of addition to the, the comment I had made earlier about like actual developer events we're hosting. Um, mm-hmm. Something that Jen had said, we're, we're really pushing this year, this fiscal year for us on getting to more external events, like going to events. So like me being here, me speaking at like all day DevOps and other things like that, in part doing these leadership style-like discussions, but also getting a lot of our developer advocates and other content creators at external events where Mm -hmm. the community actually is, not just to say, here's the cool stuff Cisco is doing. Okay, that's cool. that's, That's helpful. But it's more about, these are the people that work here that do really fun and exciting things. Some of that happens to include Cisco technology, but that's not the point. The point is we're here and we do awesome stuff, come talk to us. Let's engage. Let's meet. And we want to, we've already had a whole number of them so far this year, which has been great. And we're working on more of them, but we're really trying to get our folks to be kind of get out of their comfort zone and go to these external events virtually or in person so that we are appearing in those communities and can be actual, like in actually engaged people as a community member, not just, hi, we're from Cisco, but like, I'm a person in your community. I just happen to also work here too. And it's, it's a you know beginning place for us, but I, th- I think it's going to be a real big help in kind of changing the vision or how people view what our company is and what we do and
2: things like that. Yeah, great, great. And you mentioned something super important to me, which is besides the work that you are doing for your company, you know, being in, at this conference, also your team will learn from it, right? It's an experience to be with other developer relations professionals to see what other people are doing. So it's it's a way of you to sort of make your team grow in terms of expertise and experience so great great yeah, stuff absolutely. so regarding so metrics right so we all track a lot of metrics for for each stage do you have any you know tactic to constantly show the things that you are achieving as a team, right? Showing the value of your team, like internally for the rest of the company. Do you have some kind of internal newsletter, Slack post or communication, email communication, something that to show to the entire company
3: what your team is doing? I'll jump in. So I've been with Contentful five months or so. And one of the... the- first things that I implemented was, was a monthly update was like, people have no idea what's happening or what's going on. And it, the, there had been an update at some point, you know, previously, but then it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's really easy to die off. You miss it once and then it becomes, you know, it, it stops happening, but it was really important for me to make sure, because not only does it get the information out there to the team, but it kind of forces the team also to stay on top of, yes, these are the things that we're tracking. These are the things. And it's it's a bit of a retrospective also of life. Oh, yeah, we did all these things this month. We put out this, this much stuff. This many people joined the event or we had this many signups from the various events and things like that. That's what we'll we'll report on in this. And we've gotten really great feedback from, you know, across the organization of asking questions. Like, what is this? And can you explain that? And do you also, have you thought about tracking this? And it it just really engages people to, you know, to think about like, oh yeah, I I care about oh wait, do you know we have this thing? I wonder if we can connect. So each month it's just like kind of a, you know, putting putting that out there company-wide. Thank you, Jen. Chris,
2: Jeff.
4: Yeah, like yeah. the, the way we do well, it. So I do like, it in a number of ways. As a part of my developer program, so again, because I'm a private developer program, I only have a few thousand devs, right? They're external. But I have, even, I literally have more workday workmates. That's what we call it, our, our fellow workers have just as many of them involved in my dev program. And so I do a monthly developer program update call. And that's usually where we talk about all the new stuff we're doing, right? Whether uh, my team specifically builds out apps. We have a uh, app catalog, is what we call it. This really cool, so it's like a, it's not an app store. You don't buy anything, but it is an app listing. So you can go up there, download those apps directly into your environment and start playing with it and using and stuff like that. So that's one. And then the other thing my team builds out, we build a lot of tutorial-based content, you know, developer educational materials. And so we announce those on those calls on a monthly basis, and I invite everybody in the organization to be a part of it. Then I see the second way we tend to do this is we have a b- number of internal communications that are done about our organization. Cause I, I reported the product. So the product is their own communication. So I embed stuff in there as opposed to having a dedicated Never. Although after listening to Jen, I wrote that down. I was like, mm, maybe I need to do that too. be a little bit more <laughs> recognition. So great idea. I'm glad I'm on the call. I'll walk away without him for sure. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, so those so that that those are kind of the ways to do it. My guys are so involved in all the different teams. I we seem to be able to interact and talk to people as we need to. So you kind of have to be your own internal advocate for your stuff to other teams. And I I don't know about you, but when I get those monthly emails of lists, you know, I tend to glance because <laughs> you know, TLDR, right? And so that's why I like to embed an existing column as opposed to doing separate ones. Although I think I'm going to look in that one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> one thing that worked well for us, Chris, sorry, Jen, was having an infographic. Mm. You remember, Jen, you were in charge of building the infographic, right? So with the top metrics and then with all the 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 bullets of things that we achieve in, in the latest months. So
4: good idea. Wait so now. people
2: look at the infographic and then the ones that
3: won will read the,
2: the, the rest of yeah. the communication.
3: And I, I was gonna say and right now what we'll do is we do like a short slack message that has these are the highlights, mm-hmm. top number, top things, whatever achieved and then it links to all the details. So the people who want all the details will <sighs> go get all the details. The people who don't care about the details at least see those high level. You know, like these are these are the priorities. Yeah,
5: this is awesome. So it feels kind of like we're on a mastermind right now. So
3: like, (laughs) like, like, all I do is like picking up. Like, that's
5: a thing. Oh, I'm totally. That's a good idea. Um, I absolutely love this. Um, I was I like listening to both of you, or actually all three of you. I I'm getting some really cool ideas. I love the infographic idea, by the way. Yeah, I did something we have been doing lately is. We do a few things. We we do a lot of things internally, like our own internal all hands. We're we're working to spin up right now a more like company wide like all hands type event that people can just join if they want to and learn. But I'm realizing that this is just a big company. You know, almost 80,000 employees globally. Like even if we do open this up, not everyone's gonna know that we do this, even if we spread the word. So it makes me think that doing more grassroots style stuff like this, where we can put it through different channels and spread it in simpler ways so people know what we're doing, I think is really useful. One thing that we started doing recently, actually my peer and I, as we built our developer advocate strategy, we've actually been doing a bit of a roadshow internally to take specifically the dev advocate strategy to different groups, which is awesome. So we presented yesterday and our own internal all hands. So everyone in DevRel knew this is what our strategy is. We're lucky enough to present next week on a larger part of Cisco that we're we're inside of that reports up to our VP and present the same strategy to all of them. But also, like two weeks ago, I did it for all of our field technical sales in the Americas. And then two weeks, I do it again for all the same technical field sales people in EMEA. And so the whole idea behind that is just to tell people, hi, we're dev advocates. This is what a dev advocate is. This is what we do. Here's what you can do to engage with us. These are our priorities our pillars, all that type of stuff. And the whole point is, I mean, partially just to share that information, but in in larger part, it's to let people know this is what we actually do because there's so many conceptions of what the role is. And in many cases, they're misconceptions of no fault of their own. And so the whole idea is here to do kind of a soft reset and say, this is what we actually are. This is what DevRel actually does. Let's have a fresh conversation about that.
2: No, thank you. Thank you. That's great, Jeff. Thank you so much. And let me tell you, it's a bummer, but our conversation is coming to an end. (laughs) I feel like we could continue this talk for hours and hours because I'm also taking notes. So I I have follow-up questions for things that you just said. We also have a few questions in Slido that were not answered, not specifically related to metrics, but very important metrics, in ter- questions in terms of how do you teach internal teams, how do you build a community, and I think we can continue the conversation on Slack. So,
0: okay.
2: everyone that asked the question on Slido and would like to 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 see that that question answered, please reach out through Slack, and we will do our best to to answer Absolutely. and to address those questions. So. Thank you, everyone. For everyone attending, feel free to reach out on Twitter, on Slack. We are here and we, we love to discuss those things as you probably noticed by now. So thank you so much.
4: Thank, thank you, you, Vera. Thanks thank for angling, Thanks, Vera. angling us crazy folks. So. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Thank you
1: all, for. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, folks. This was a great discussion. As Vera mentioned, you can also connect with our speakers on the DevRelX Slack, one click away, just below the stage. I'd also like to remind everyone in the audience that you can as well share your views on driving and measuring success of your DevRel efforts in our ninth developer program leader survey, which is currently live. The quickest way to participate within the platform is to visit the info stand where you'll find a survey button as item number two.
0: Thank you for listening to the DevRelX podcast, the podcast devoted to developer marketing and relations. You can listen to all episodes, find free resources, the latest news, and join our community at devrelx.com. And you can always subscribe to our bite-sized bi-weekly digest or follow us on Twitter at SlashDataHQ.